Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can turn with me as we make our way through the book of Revelation. So we're in Revelation 21, verse 6. Revelation 21, verse 6. Title of our message is End Times, the Water of Life. End Times, the Water of Life. We're going to be obviously looking at future events as we've been going through the book of Revelation. We have a book that shows us what will happen in the future. We know for certain God's word is true. So the things that we're looking at will take place. There's nothing we can do to stop it. These things will take place. And it's a blessing to be able to see what's happening in the future. For the Christian, again, it's not to scare us, to prepare, but to prepare us for what's going to happen in the future. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at uh, current news. We're going to look at you know, what's happening around the world. We're going to look at Specifically today, we're going to look at this river that flows from the throne of God in the new city, the holy city, that we're going to go into one day as believers. Are you looking forward to that? I know I'm looking forward to that. And it's going to flow not just from the throne of God, but also it says from Jesus Christ himself. There's going to be this water that's going to flow, and we're going to take a look at that, and we're going to look at what's happening around the world and the need for us to be filled with the Spirit satisfied with Christ, and be usable in the days that we're living in. Amen? Amen. Amen. So with that being said, we're just going to look at one verse, verse 6, and I'm going to ask if you could please stand with me as I read this verse. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm slowing down in the book of Revelation because I I don't want it to end. (laughs) John writes, Revelation 21, verse 6, And he said to me, this is God on the throne, said to me, It is, can we say that together? Done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who, can we say that word together? Thirst. Lord, we thirst. Lord, we need more of you. Lord, we know that you satisfy. And may you satisfy us today as we read your word. May there be just that wonderful substance of your word for us. Again, may there be that work of your spirit supernaturally working in our midst. We Look to you for answers. Take away any of my opinions that are not of you, Lord. Just wash all that away. May the truth of your word stay in all of our hearts, Lord God, that we might not sin against you, God. Make clear the message, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. Timeline is pretty simple. I I guess I can say it that way because we've been looking at uh, these verses here in chapter 21 for the last two two weeks or so. So the timeline is, uh, this will happen right after the great white throne judgment when those that reject Christ will be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. It's, it's it, what God's doing. He's getting rid of evil. He's getting rid of sin. He's getting rid of uh, the old way, fleshly ways. And he's making a new heaven and a new earth, a new city called the holy city. And in that place, there's going to be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more death. No more common flus, no more common colds. And we've been looking at that. No more sea. We looked at that the last two weeks. But before we get in, and we're going to you know, zone in on this one verse. There's a lot there, so there's plenty of there for us to partake of. But uh, as a reminder, especially if you're new here today, uh, the book of Revelation 
is the only book that promises a threefold blessing. No other book promises that. It's not a scary book for the believer. It's a very scary book for the unbeliever. But Revelation means unveiling, and it's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. We see Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation more than any other book in the entire Bible because it's the unveiling of Jesus. We see him in his glorified state. It's wonderful. So the book of Revelation, again, is the only book in the entire Bible that promises us a threefold blessing. No other book promises that. A threefold blessing. We are blessed when we read it, we're blessed when we hear it, and we're blessed when we apply it. So we just read this verse out of the book of Revelation, so there's a blessing. We just heard it read, so there's a blessing in that. We could shut our Bibles right now, go home, and we're promised a blessing from God. But there's one more part, and it's the application, applying it. So let's see if we can bring some kind of application in the text, though it's a future event, but yet I believe there's much here for us. So verse 6, it says, And he said to me, It is done. It's done. This new heaven, this new earth, it's created. It's done. It's complete. My understanding is God took six days, literal, I believe, literal six days to, to complete the earth. Six days he created this earth. And, and my question is, if he took six days to create this earth, and it appears like, as Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. That was 2,000 years ago. If this place has been being prepared for 2,000 years, I can't even imagine what this place is going to look like. Did you guys see the sunset last night? I want to, someone sent me that picture. Isn't that just fantastic? My wife and I were looking out the window, looking at the sunset last night, and we're like, we're so beautiful. We get sunset views over here. It's just so beautiful. But this is the earth. This is the sky. If that is so beautiful, can you imagine what heaven is going to be like? It's going to be beyond anything we can even come up with. Paul the Apostle, when he was brought up into the third heaven, he said, I couldn't even put to words what I saw. I couldn't even describe what I saw. So guys, we have a very, very bright future ahead of us, don't we? But it is done. Does that make you think of anything? Remember Jesus? Yeah, exactly, at the cross. What did Jesus say at the cross? He said, it is finished. When he was on the cross, dying for mankind, he, he was your sacrifice, my sacrifice, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He said a word, and that, so in the Greek, it's just one word. It's tetelestai, tetelestai. And that word tetelestai means that it's paid for. It's accomplished. It's fulfilled. And you might say, paid for what? Well, he paid the price. You see, the wages of sin is death. death. Jesus Christ knew no sin. He died to take away our sin. It is to tell us die. It's finished. Salvation, redemption through Jesus Christ. It's finished at the cross of Calvary. What Christ did for us at the cross, he finished the work of salvation for us. You cannot add and you shall not add. We don't add to what Christ did. Don't say, oh yeah, well, you see, you can be saved if you believe in Christ, give your life to Christ, but then you knock on a bunch of doors, that'll save you. No, it's nothing we can do. What, what, is, what does it say? For by grace you're saved through faith, not of what? Works. works. In other words, not what we can do. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So what he's done, it's finished. He paid the price at the cross to tell us die. He died in your place, in my place, to take away all of our sin. Have you experienced a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, has he taken your sin away? Isn't it freeing when you know your sin is taken away? 
when I, when I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior, just so happened to be on my wife's birthday, not when she was born, but the, the day, that, you know, October 29th. I'm not that old, so don't tell me. <laughs> but it was bizarre when I, you know, found out her birthday, and I'm thinking, wait a second, I looked on my calendar, like, that's the same birthday that I came to Christ on that, on that day. But the weight that was on my shoulders of sin was so heavy. Did you ever see that, that, that uh, the movie Pilgrim's Progress or the book, how, you know, the Christian is just walking like this, and that's what sin does. It weighs you down. But when you realize your sin is forgiven, all your sin, past sin, present sin, future sin, nailed to the cross, it's gone. It's taken away our sin. He takes it away as far as the east is from the west. And then we looked at last week, what does he do? He buries it in the depths of the sea. Don't go fishing. <laughs> Leave that sin there. Christ Jesus died to take away that sin. Don't go back to that sin. Leave it there. Walk in the freedom that Christ has given you. He's, he's died to give us freedom, to take away that sin, to tell us die. It's complete. It's done. He did it. And in the world, listen, we are living in such a deceptive state in this world today, not just in America, not just in Canada, not just in the UK, around the world, there's a mass deception going on, guys. And people, listen, people need Jesus. And we're living in a day, and I hope this is happening to you, since this whole craziness started about two years ago, I'm doing my best to follow Jesus as close as I can. And I believe that's taking place here, that people are following Jesus more than ever, and that's a good thing. We have to stay close to our Savior, amen? amen. And if you're not close with him, it, it's a... It's an exhortation to you today. Draw near to God right now. Stay close to him. If there's sin in your life, give it to him at the cross. It's, it's finished. To tell us die. He paid for it. Give it to him. You might say, well, pastor, I've done it before. Keep doing it. Keep giving him that sin. Keep repenting of your sin. Keep turning to the cross. Keep giving it to him and ask him, take it away. Deliver me. Set me free. May I walk in the freedom that you've given me. Because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. We're to walk in that freedom. This, listen, this world needs to see people that are free. Why? Because we're, do you notice people are really scared right now? People are just panicking. Do you know that fear right now, the devil, Satan himself, has brought such a massive fear in people's lives these days. It's so massive, it's keeping people from faith. Listen, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. The Bible says there's an appointed time for man to die. If we could grasp that and realize, we don't put ourselves in, don't get me wrong, we don't put ourselves in harm's way. I get all that, but people are panicking. Did you notice that? I was at a store the other day without the facial covering, and there's, I'm noticing people, they're just, they're fearful. They see they don't have a, a mask on. They think that I'm just, a, I'm a hater or something like and then one of the times I was in a store and I was asking where, you know, someone at the store was asking for something and, and then they were like going to show me where it's at and it's over here and they're showing me where it's at and they just all of a sudden noticed I didn't have a mask on and they just like jumped away from me like this. And I'm like, really? And they're like, it's over there. And they started running. So well, where? And they're like, they're like, find it. It's over there. I'm like, did I not wear deodorant or something? What is, what's wrong? Listen, guys, we have no reason to fear. I've never read in the Bible anywhere that it says that we should fear any kind of sickness or disease. The Bible says be anxious for what? 
You know what that word is in the Greek? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. Guys, people need to see, people in this world need to see freedom. And, then, and we're the ones that are set free. And we need to stay close. We need to follow close after our Savior. We need to stay next to him. Because guess what? If you're not close to your shepherd, you're in danger. Stay close to him. We had a work party Thursday. This past Thursday, we finally emptied out everything at the Peter's Landing, uh, our, our old place. It's not old, but you know what I mean, down the street. But uh, we were going to different places, dropping, you know, going to our warehouse, and we have another storage area. So uh, Pat and, and Chuck were in a white truck, and they said, you know, can we follow you to the, the place where we can drop this stuff off? And say, yeah, so I'm a crazy driver. I don't know if you've seen me drive, but I've, I've literally had people, you know, just had one lady come in on a Sunday morning, and she said, Pastor, I need to tell you something. She said, I was driving to church on Sunday, and then she was, there's this crazy driver. He was driving crazy. I looked over, and she said, it was you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So, so, so I'm trying to, you know, maintain, and they, they had their truck filled, so I was trying to go slow and everything, and so but I'm watching in my rearview mirror, but then I started talking to my wife, and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't look back for a while, so I look, and I go, oh, yeah, okay, they're right behind me, okay, the white truck, okay. So we get to, uh, to Golden West there on PCH, I'm getting, going to turn left, so I, I go into the left-hand lane, well, I noticed the white truck behind me didn't go left, and it went alongside, I'm thinking, it was the wrong white truck that was following me. <laughs> And so we got on the phone, and they realized, you know, that wasn't the same white truck, and we caught up with them. They caught up with us, and we, you know, took care of that. But, but I, I started thinking of them, thinking, we could do that with Jesus. We need to stay close to him, guys. Don't be fooled. What are you following? What is your drive? I pray it's Jesus for all of us. Amen? Amen. This world needs to see something different. But back in our text, so he says, it is done. The one on the throne, I believe this is God the Father on the throne saying it is done. And John is writing this down. And then he says, I am the Alpha and the what? Omega. The beginning and the yeah. end. Basically, he's saying I'm the A to Z. Alpha is the ancient Greek alphabet, the, the first letter of the ancient Greek alphabet. Omega, you guys know this, it's the last letter. Basically, he's saying, I am the A to Z and everything in between. He's saying, I am the eternal one. I always existed. I will always exist. But also, I believe it's an indication that I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that he's actively involved in everything in history. He's actively involved in all of our lives as believers, if we allow him to be. Oh, he's actively involved, even if we don't allow him to be. But it can be painful if we're not following him closely. And he wants, listen, he wants to be actively involved in everything that we do. He wants to be intimately involved in, in everything that goes on in our lives. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's with us continually. He's omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. He's the one that, is, that makes us complete. We're, we're not complete unless we're in him. But when we're in him, we need to know as believers that our completeness is in Christ. It's him. And this world needs to hear him speak. And God wants to speak through you. God wants to use you. He wants to use all of us. And there's an enemy, there's an adversary that's against us that wants to destroy you, wants to destroy me. He wants to deceive you. He wants us to waste time. 
Are you in tune with things in your life that are time wasters? Because there's going to be things. That's, I, I believe the enemy's going to put things in our lives just to waste time. The harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. There's a work that needs to be done. And God will use, he wants to use every one of us if we make the time. I was at uh, the prophecy conference for a little while and, and, and Jack, Jack Hibbs spoke this so funny because they had uh, their conference. Jack Hibbs had the life conference over there at his church. Then he spoke there and then he went over to East Anaheim and uh, Amir Safadi was there. And so I went there for a little while and was, it was just, just so great. But then it was so funny. Jack said something. He says, are you actively involved in your church? And he, and he said something like, just was cracking me up. He says, well, if you say, well, I'm going to pray about it. He says, no, don't pray about it. Just get involved. And he says, did the pastor just say, don't pray? He says, yeah, I'm telling you, don't pray. Get involved and then pray. He says, because people can procrastinate so much. And it's true. We, it, God wants to use us. God wants to be glorified. God wants to keep us active. Listen, if you're not actively being used for Christ, then you're going to be actively being used by the devil. And sometimes you don't even know it. As much as God has a plan for you, guarantee the devil has a plan for us. The satanic realm has a plan for you. And it's not a good plan. And if he can just keep you busy, oh, pastor, I don't have time. You don't know my schedule is so busy. Excuses. What did Pastor Chuck Smith used to say? Someone that's good with excuses is typically good for nothing else. When it's important, you make time. If it's not important, you make excuses. It's getting quiet in here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Another thing, Pastor uh, Jack Hibbs mentioned something. He says, if you weren't at church one Sunday, something like that, he says, would it affect the body? I'm thinking, thank you, Lord. I think it would affect. If I wasn't here, it might affect something. But that was a challenge to us. If, if, you, were, if you didn't show up one Sunday morning, if you didn't show up to church, is it going to affect? Is anyone even going to know it? Is it going to affect? Because what the challenge is, is that God wants to use you in a powerful, wonderful way. He wants to use your life regardless of what you think, what excuse you have. And God wants to impact this world, not just on Sundays, not just on Tuesday nights, not just on Thursday prayer meeting. God wants to use us daily. So let me put it to you this way. If you weren't at your workplace for one day? Would it impact your workplace in a great way? I would hope so, right? And you're probably saying, Pastor, I don't go to work anymore. I'm just on my computer. <laughs> it's just me in the screen. The Alpha and the Omega. If you know any Jehovah Witnesses in your life, or if they come to you talking about their belief, first know this, it's a cult. You guys know that? They, they, they have a different Jesus. Do you guys know that? The Mormons have a different Jesus. They do not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. That's very important for us to know because they'll tell you, oh, I'm a Christian, but it's a different Jesus, right? So what I like to do, if you want to try, you know, do this, Isaiah 41. Bring him to Isaiah 41, 4, and have him read it out loud. It says, who has performed and done it, calling the, gener the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the, what, first, and with me, the last I am he, the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. You say, and you'll ask him, who is this? Jehovah's Witness. They'll say, that's uh, Jehovah, God, God the Father. I say, okay, all right. All right, well, what about this? And read this one out loud for me, please. And they'll go there and say, listen to me, O Jacob, in Israel, my call. I am he. I am the what? The first. I am also the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. When I called, when I called to them, they stand up together. You say, well, who is this? 
the first and the last. Who do you think this is? And they'll say, that's Jehovah, that's God. Right, okay, good, good, good. So then, if that's the case, you bring him to Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. You read, have him read that. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the, can we say that together? Almighty. And they'll say, who is that? They'll tell you, that's Jehovah God. Right, it seems like it, right? Because the first and last. Okay, but they don't believe in the deity of Christ. They don't believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, Emmanuel. So then you say, well, let's back up. Let's read the verse before that. Usually that gives us some context to find out, is this God the Father speaking about? There's, and then you go, behold, he is coming with clouds. So I thought Jesus was coming in the clouds. And every eye will see him. I thought they're going to all see Jesus when he comes in the cloud. Even they who pierced him. Sounds a lot like Jesus to me, doesn't it? It's Jesus. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, Jesus, even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty God, the deity of Christ, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Amen? They probably won't listen to you. They'll probably just... Uh, Ignore that, but it's good to try. It's a good thing to try. Let's go back in our text, please. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirst. When we get to chapter 22, verse 1, we're going to look at this a little bit more, this river that flows from the throne of God, and we'll see that it shows, this is John, he says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life water of life, water of life, clear as crystal. Where does it proceed from? Proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. We talked about this, I believe it was two weeks ago. So in the new heaven, the new earth, with the new holy city, somehow, some way, we're going to see Jesus, the Lamb, and the throne of God. What we're going to see, God is spirit, but he'll be on the throne, and this river is going to flow out from his throne and from Jesus. I believe possibly this is speaking about the three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, working all together as we will be in the eternal state. And then instead of oxygen filling our lungs, it's somehow this water of life, the Holy Spirit just going to continually sustain us, something like that. But it talks about this thirst. Webster's Dictionary, it talks about when you look up thirst, it says a desire or need to drink, a sensation of dryness in the mouth or in throat associated with a desire for liquids. This physical thirst, it's one of the, the most powerful natural appetites we have, if not the most powerful. We need to drink fluids. You cannot live long without fluids. We have to have, have you ever been to a place where you're just so thirsty, where you didn't drink water, or you haven't had any fluids for hours, and all of a sudden you're like, do you ever pass out because you didn't have enough? You get dehydrated, and I get headaches. If I don't have enough water, I, get, I start getting headaches. So if you, you should see me before this, I'm always drinking water, drinking fluids. I, I constantly, I want to you know, have enough fluids, but there's a spiritual thirst. Hopefully all of us as believers realize that, a spiritual thirst. I, this is my definition. You might come up with a better one, but spiritual thirst is a strong desire for God or an awareness of our need for a savior, the spiritual thirst. 
The spiritual thirst, listen, can only be satisfied with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's the only way. And what happens that most people, what happens to them is they want to fill that spiritual thirst with physical things, the things of the world. And they think, as I did before I came to Christ, well, if I only had this, I'll be content. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.